Good morning, everyone. Paul, happy Palm Sunday. That's a, that's a day. That, that is a day. We celebrate Palm Sunday. Oh, it's so dark in here. We celebrate Palm Sunday to celebrate Jesus' first step into his next step, which was Good Friday. So I'm Pastor Deanna. Oh, sorry. I'm sorry. I forget I have it there. Um, my husband, Raul, and I have the privilege of serving here as the lead pastors. I'm glad you joined us at, um, for Palm Sunday. Um, I, how do you like the drapes and stuff? Don't they look amazing? I thank everybody that gave. We have new signs, new draperies, everything that's great. God's doing so many good things. We still would like to get some more done. But, you know, if you want to donate, see my husband. He would love to take. <laughs> I don't know. So this morning, let's start, let's start by prayer. Um, I feel Palm Sunday is, it, it challenged me this, this time um, in a different way than I've ever been challenged before. And I want to share something that God has kind of revealed to me as far as it goes. So let's pray. Father God, I just thank you. And I ask you right now in the name of Jesus to give my mouth the words to speak. Let my tongue be like a ready writer pen, only speaking forth the eloquence of you. Father God, I thank you, Lord, for the anointing that breaks the yokes. I thank you, Lord, that every person's eyes of their understanding is enlightened, that they may know the hope to which you've called them to. Lord, I thank you, Lord, in the riches and the glorious inheritance in the saints, Lord, you've given them power to believe. And I thank you, Lord, that you will reveal unto me the things to say in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 We're good. Okay. Wow. Are you awake? If you are, you are now. All right. So blessed is the king who comes in the name of the Lord. How many has been saved a long time and remembers that song? Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Hosanna, Hosanna. No, every, anybody remember that? Okay. I'm really old. Okay. So that was an old, we thought that was hip hop back then. We thought that was so cool. It's rock and roll in the church. Yeah, that's our, our version. Anyway, so Palm Sunday was the beginning of what, when Jesus rode into Jerusalem. And I want to share with you something that the Lord kind of gave me. I was sharing with Raul when he asked me to minister, and I was sharing with him about how, you know, we look at Palm Sunday as, oh, they, this big celebration. It was amazing. They were putting their palms down. They were putting their coats down. But it really is the premonition to what God was getting ready to do. We always look at Good Friday as being the culmination of when Christ gave it all. But I want you to look at Palm Sunday as the first step to eternity. He took the first step to his Godhead. He took his first step by obedience. And I just want to challenge you this morning. Palm Sunday is always a day of festivities. You know, everybody, you know, when we were growing up, we had, everybody brought palms. Hey, you know, remember the big palms? We'd wave them around. We had them laying on the floor. I was going to do that again, but I thought, well, maybe it might be a little cheesy. But remember, we, we would even make little crosses out of the palm leaves. Do you guys remember doing that? Okay, so Palm, palm Sunday was such a big celebration. But I want us to look at it in a different way. In the Christian church, there's something wonderful and anticipating about Palm Sunday because we knew one week from now is what's going to happen. But it wasn't a sad thing. He rose from the dead. So I want us to get excited, 
but also realize what a sacrifice of grace and humility it was. He sacrificed himself. So I am so thankful for Resurrection Sunday, but I'm very thankful for Palm Sunday as well. Because if he hadn't been obedient to what God had told him to do, there's so much prophecy that happened on Palm Sunday that we don't really take time to look at. I, Palm Sunday is a big deal. Biblical time, it's a big deal. It's, it's as big as heading into Easter. We look at Easter. Easter, he rose again. It's a celebration. It's a powerful time. But we know what happens on, on Good Friday, right? He sacrificed himself. So I want to challenge you. So as I was reading the biblical accounts of this event, I noted this verse in Luke 19.38. Blessed is the king who comes in the name of the Lord. That's what they shouted. Hosanna, Hosanna, Hosanna. Nobody knows that song anyway. Anyway, but that's the song we sang when I was growing up. So, um, and Psalms, and this is, of course, from Psalms 118.26. So 118.26, to get the full picture, you have to read through the whole thing. And I'm not going to go through the whole thing, but I read through it and it moved my heart in a different way to challenge you this morning that Palm Sunday is so much different than just another day to wave flags, to share the gospel. It was his destiny. And you have a destiny this morning to walk into Easter and raise somebody from their spiritual death. How many want to get somebody saved this week? How challenging would it, is it for you to share the gospel? Some of us, it might be. How, how many of us, now I'm going to tell you, she said, leave, leave one of those. When, if you go to a restaurant, you better leave a good tip because I was a server. Don't leave me a track and, not, and leave me a, 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 a quarter. I will be very, I will not be reaching you. Just say, Okay. So, um, so I, I'm, I'm at that, it, but I'm just saying, if you're going to give a card out, be sure and give a kind word, love on people. That's what Jesus did. So Psalms 118:26 and 27, I want you, this is what they were saying to him. Blessed is the King who comes in the name of the Lord. This is what they were shouting. Hosanna, Hosanna. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna, Hosanna. We have blessed you from the house of the Lord. But let me tell you, 27 is the key. God is the Lord, and he has given us the light. Bind the sacrifice with cords to the horns of the altar. He was the ultimate sacrifice. But they were singing, woo-woo, the first portion. Woo, blessed is he who come in the name of the Hosanna. They were shouting. They were dancing around. Let me just go back a little bit. He had just raised Lazarus from the dead, literally. So the whole crowd knew it. I bet you five bucks Lazarus was in the procession. How cool would that be? Dead man, three days. Dead man walking. Hey, Lazarus, haven't seen you for a week. Where you been? Dead. Come on. So, yes, of course, they were like, Hosanna, Hosanna. He raises people from the dead. They were just so excited. But yet, lots of celebration, but what did they forget? The words they were hearing and speaking, the thing that had to be fulfilled was the next verse. The verse continues, we bless you from the house of the Lord. 
That is the throngs of people were doing as they waved the palm leaves. They were blessing him. Palm leaves are a blessing. And they laid out the red carpets with their robes and their coats for Jesus, which emulated our worship service. Praise the Lord. Ooh, they were like, what? Hosanna, Hosanna. Well, you, I don't ever see any of y'all doing that, but you should be. You know, woo, hallelujah. Well, they were shouting and dancing. Actually, it says that. You know, what's funny is Pentecostals get a bad rap because we're a little crazy, but you know, Jewish people are too. They love to dance and shout and they scream and they let, they let it all, woo, they don't know how ashamed to praise the Lord. Amen. Sometimes we get ashamed of just even raising our hands sometimes. We don't even understand. But if you don't understand that, there is scripture that the Bible says, lift up holy hands. So there is scripture for that. So if you don't feel comfortable right now, maybe someday you will. Praise the Lord. Okay? So this is happy stuff. They were excited. They were shouting, woo, it seems so good. Ha, Hosanna, Hosanna, ha, Hosanna. They were excited. Lazarus is in the procession. I was dead. Now I'm alive. I was dead. Now I'm alive. I'm, I'm serious. He was dead for three days. The Bible says he stunk, but yet he's in a procession praising Jesus. So they were all like, this is some happy stuff going on. Or so it seemed. If the people were referring that particular scripture, a verse, they knew the verse that would come next. In Jewish tradition, if you were over the age of 12, you went through, what is it called? Um, bar mitzvah. Thank you. I kind of lost my train of thought. Bar mitzvah. So they knew the Torah. They knew the word. So... <clears throat> they knew, they might not have known this part, that the Lord our God is shining upon us. Take this sacrifice and bind it to the cords on the altar. Do you see what I see? Take the sacrifice and bind it with cords on the altar. This is what happened on Good Friday. They sacrificed him, the lamb. As I realized these words, I realized immediately that the, that the people were calling for Jesus to be their king, but they missed verse 27 altogether. Somehow they did not calculate the price that would be paid for their freedom. It was pretty evident that they thought that Jesus would free them from the tyrannical rule of the Romans as a flesh and blood king. As many of you may have seen palms waving and people singing, is the Lord not worthy of our praise? Yes, he is. Luke 19, 38 through 40 in the New Living Translation says, Blessed, Blessings on the king who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest of heaven. But some of the Pharisees among the crowd said, Teacher, rebuke your followers for saying that. But he replied and said, If they be quiet the stones on the road would burst into cheers. If we don't speak out, somebody else will. I don't want somebody else to get the glory, and definitely not a rock. I don't want a stone to get the glory for what God wants me to do for him. In fact, Jesus himself said that if we didn't sing his praises, even the stones along the road, of course, would, would cry out. Luke 19.40, it says, this year, my hosannas will be different. 
This year, I'm going to tell you, my Hosanna to the Lord has to be different. We have to look at our Hosanna as a reaching of somebody's life. He made the ultimate sacrifice by allowing them to worship him, but they, they didn't want to worship him that way. What did they want him to do? They wanted him to take the throne, but they forgot that there was prophecy that had to be taken care of. In order for him to take the throne, what did he have to do? He had to sacrifice himself. He had to actually sacrifice himself. There will be plenty of praises and singings in my heart, but if I don't realize the sacrifice began on Palm Sunday for him to make the ultimate sacrifice on that Friday, we have to change the way we think about, man, how many people have ever gone to church on Good Friday? That is like a special holy day. It's Holy Week, they actually call it. So why, does it, why do they call it holy? Because it begins today. He made the sacrifice today so that he could do that Friday. The same people praising him are the ones that killed him. The same entrance he came into is the same one he crawled up Calvary with. How important. Jesus is the ultimate servant king. My gratitude for Jesus is to know he was bound with cords to the cross. The ultimate sacrifice Jesus is the ultimate servant king. This is the day of humility, and his Godhead met. Humility of humanity meeting his Godhead. I challenge you, he stepped forward onto that red carpet knowing full well that the price he was going to pay and would experience is for us to experience the relationship with our Father God. He knew full and well in his mind that if he did not take that step that day, he would not fulfill it on Friday. Everything leads to something, right? So you have to take the first step. But there was biblical prophecy that had to be fulfilled. Amen? Knowing that God, his blood would be paid for our sinful lives so that we too can be fellowshipping with our Father. I want you to take a look at the altar of sacrifice, Palm Sunday. The altar of sacrifice. In the Old Testament, Abraham and the obedience brought his son Isaac to the altar, and God was pleased with complete obedience and provided what? An, a ram in the thicket for Isaac to be placed on. On Palm Sunday, we are marching towards the altar of the lamb. We're marching towards the altar of the ultimate sacrifice. This week, every step you take, we're taking it. I, I, I did cry thinking about the sacrifice. What was going, me and Raul were talking, what, is, what was going through his mind? He's riding on this donkey, and he was fulfilling prophecy. A donkey that had never been ridden before. I'm going to go into that. But let me just say, he knew he was a sacrifice. Can you imagine what Isaac was thinking as his dad's getting ready to raise up the, the I have a child. If I just bound him to an altar and I raised up a knife, he had to believe God would ultimately either bring him back to life or provide a ram. Jesus knew there was no other sacrifice but him. But he knew the end result was three days. 
He knew that he would be raised from the dead. So in Genesis 22, it says, and I'm going to read this through to you so you can hear and understand what Abraham gave up. God will provide a sheep for the burnt offering, my son. Abraham answered, and they both walked on together. So the son was wondering, why? Why are we going? And there's no ram. We're not taking any lambs with us. We're not, we're not, we're going to sacrifice. We're sacrificing. What are we going to do? And he said, I'm going to tell you, God's going to provide it. And when they arrived at the place, when God had told him to go, Abraham built an altar and arranged the wood. Then he tied his son, Isaac, and laid him on the altar on top of the wood. And Abraham picked up a knife to kill his son as a sacrifice. At that moment, the angel of the Lord called out to him from heaven, Abraham, Abraham. Yes, Abraham said, here am I. Don't lay a hand on the boy. The angel said, do not hurt him in any way, for now I know that you truly fear God. You have not withheld from me even your son, your only son, then Abraham looked up and saw a ram caught in the thorn, horns in the thicket. So then he took the ram and he sacrificed it as a burnt offering unto the Lord. Abraham named the place, and I can't say it, which means the Lord will provide. The Lord will provide. Jesus was the provision for your life. Jesus was the provision for your salvation. Usually we think of Good Friday as the moment that Jesus laid down it all. As I contemplated this with a triumphant procession into Jerusalem, in my mind the sacrifice began the moment Jesus asked the disciples to go get the donkey. He had a triumphant entrance. Mark 11, 1 through 11, it says, And as Jesus and his disciples approached Jerusalem, they came into a town of Bethesda and Bethany on the Mounts of Olives. Jesus sent them on ahead, go into the village, and he told them, As soon as you enter it, you will see a young donkey tied to that one. No one has ever ridden. Untie it and bring it here. If anyone asks, What are you doing? Just say, The Lord needs it and will return it soon. Remember that. If you don't have that, there is, this is the NLT translation. It says, and only in Mark does it say this, he will return it soon. The two disciples left and found the colt standing in the street tied outside the front door. As they were untying it, some bystanders demanded, what are you doing in tying that colt? They said to Jesus and, had them t and told them to say and permitted them to take it. Then they brought the colt to Jesus and threw their garments over it, and he sat on it. Many in the crowd spread their garments along the road in front of him, and others spread uh, leafy branches that were cut from the fields. Jesus was in the center of the procession, and people all around him praising, shouting, praise God, blessed, blessings, on, blessings on the one who comes in the name of the Lord. Then it says in verse 11, so Jesus came to Jerusalem. Now, this is, there, how many know that their Gospels have different versions? Different men wrote different things. Well, Mark was the only one that said, so Jesus went into the temple, and after looking around carefully at everything, he left because it was late in the afternoon. Only one. Then returning to Bethany with the 12 disciples. So he came back in, and he was fulfilling prophecy according to Zechariah, Zechariah 9.9. It says, Rejoice greatly, O daughters of Zion. Shout, O daughter of Jerusalem. Behold, your king is coming to you. 
He had to fulfill some things that day. Behold, your king is coming to you. See, they thought it was coming as a king sitting on a throne. No, he came to give us life and life more abundantly. He is just and having salvation. Lowly and riding on a donkey, a colt or a fold of a donkey. So he fulfilled a prophecy there. He fulfilled, <laughs> isn't he cute? Yeah. Mark is the only gospel that Jesus entered the temple looking around and left. So why did Jesus leave the temple and go to Bethany? I have something else I want to share with you today that it goes along with Palm Sunday. There was a little piece that Jesus had to look and said, it's late in the afternoon. Really? What, what is that about? Late in the afternoon. So it says, so why did Jesus leave the temple and go to Bethany? The gospel tells us Jesus left the temple as it was already late. Just a side note I want to share with you that he could have left because he wanted to fulfill a promise. He told the gentleman, what did he tell him? If we go back to that scripture, what did he tell him? I will return it. I will return. The Lord needs it, and I will return it soon. I'm challenging you today that Jesus is coming soon. And have to, we have to look at it as this is such a culmination. We've been waiting for his return. But Jesus fulfilled and took time to fulfill his promise. Are y'all are there going home? I just wonder. Okay, just wonder. So he said, ah, let me fulfill what I need to do. It's late in the afternoon. I promised him I would be returning that colt. Do you think that's what Jesus thought? What do you think it was going in his brain? Really, he's thinking, it's late. I need to go return that colt. He was omnipotent. He was God, but yet he was human. And he had to fulfill it. What if returning the cult is a metaphor for us entering into this week? What might it be returning the cult mean to us? It's an image or a metaphor to ponder and raise a couple of questions. First, what do you need to return this week? What have you been holding back on? What stuff that you have carried around with you far too long. It's no longer able to take us anywhere or give you life. It's just baggage we continue to carry around that weights us down. It's impoverished life and corrupted hearts. It's corrupted us from keeping us from fulfilling what God wants us to do. How many have witnessed to somebody in the last month? Praise God. You didn't have to raise your hand, but I like it. We have to think what are we doing to fulfill the promise that we made to God? I will give my life to you if it suits me. I will do whatever you want me, Lord, as long as it's in my notes. I've got my whole life mapped out, Lord. I'll do whatever you want as long as it's exactly the time I need it to be. If it's any later than 12, I will not be there. I need to go eat, Lord. Dinner's calling. It's okay to laugh when I make a joke. It really is. What stuff have you carried? 
What do you need to let go of release and return this week? Is it a grudge or resentment, anger, fear, disappointment, regret, guilt, or envy? So-and-so's husband's always bringing her flowers. <laughs> oh, my gosh, so-and-so's husband always tells her he loves them. I, I say that because I'm married. You know, I, <laughs> I can use that as an illustration. My husband does wonderful things for me, but my husband also annoys the tar out of me. So there's a good and a bad to everything. Do you see? We can always make comparisons and say, you know, I envy so-and-so or I want to be like so-and-so or I, I'm angry because I didn't get that position or what has God's got better for me? Maybe it's time to release it all to God today. Trusting that God can do something with this stuff when you never were able to. So we can move forward and, and do what God had planned for us to do. At the moment, the very moment his humanity was sealed was when he got on that donkey. He wasn't thinking about returning it, but he kept his promise. Only one gospel says that. Only one. But he did it. What the crowd looked at him that day and the moment of their king riding to overtake Rome. How many of you have been looking at God as the fulfillment of everything you should be? But you want him to be what you want him to be to you. We need to be, they looked at him as the overseer to overthrow the Romans. What are we looking at him differently where God can do all things through Christ who strengthens us as long as it's on our terms? As long as we get to do what we want to do. Well, it's quiet in the full Presbyterian church this morning. <laughs> Hallelujah. The most extraordinary example of selfless love as we begin this week, our hearts should be filled with gratitude. I want you to look at Jesus as the biggest sacrifice and the gratitude that he gives and he gave to you that day he got on that donkey. Because that fulfillment meant he had to do the next step. But I'm going to tell you, some of you this morning haven't taken the first step to fulfilling what God wants you to do. So until you take that first step, you can't go to the next step. Jesus couldn't have gone to the cross if he hadn't have fulfilled the donkey. Because then he wouldn't have completed it. See, he says, I, it's finished. It's all done. Wrapped up. Done. But unless he got on that donkey... Oh, man, could you imagine the glory, all these people loving on him? How many has ever felt so loved and then somebody backstabbed him? How many family members have you given everything to and they turned around and they did something wrong to you? He loved them, yet they were the ones that killed him. He proceeded even though he knew they would kill him. He proceeded and said, I'll get on that donkey anyway. Because unless they praise me, the rocks will cry out. I'll sacrifice myself. Now, I'm not saying that you have to sacrifice yourself. Jesus was the ultimate sacrifice, so we don't have to. But the Bible says that we need to sacrifice ourselves because we have to bring a sacrifice of praise. What is a sacrifice? It's not easy. 
oh, it's such a sacrifice for me to give up my nails. <laughs> Whatever. You know, it's such a sacrifice. I haven't had a petty in like two years. Oh, my gosh. I haven't had my nails done. Oh, my gosh. That's not a sacrifice. And I, I haven't had a petty in a while. <laughs> just saying. Anyway, anybody wants to bless me with that? I'm just joking. But do you see what I'm saying? You know, you know what I love about God is you can have humor through Christ and still make an ultimate sacrifice. I like humor because you know what? It kind of helps you get through that, ooh, that, that kind of stung a little. Ooh, you ripped the Band-Aid off too fast. Right? No? Yeah? Okay. The most extraordinary example of selfless love as we begin this week, what I said earlier, our heart should be filled with gratitude, humble gratitude, overwhelming gratitude for the love to endure not only the torture of these coming events where Judas betrayed him. This man had so many wonderful, loving people betray him, yet he still sacrificed it all for you. How many has ever wanted to give up because somebody betrayed him? I'm not going to church no more because, man, they just keep talking about me. But I'm going to tell you they will still. They're going to keep talking about you. And you know what? It's okay. They can talk about me till the cows come home, my grandma used to say. They can talk about me till the cows come home. I don't really care. You know why? Because my grace isn't in what you think about me. My grace comes from what he thinks about me. And all I can do is say I'm going to go forward. And not get angry at what people don't understand. I know where I have to be. Overwhelming gratitude for his love to endure not only the tortures of this week, but Jesus would humble himself even unto death and take our punishment you and I deserved on that cross. How many has ever thought, oh, yeah, I want to die on a cross? No. Nobody goes, yeah. Every one of his disciples, except for one, died a martyrous death. Peter, who was the biggest big mouth, I swear, he had a total big mouth syndrome. He died upside down on a cross because he didn't feel worthy enough. Now, I will tell you, I want to challenge you this. If anybody ever goes, well, you know, Jesus is no different than Muhammad. Jesus is no different. Well, we all know he's not in the grave. But did 12 men reach another 40 men, which reached another 1,000, which how many of us are talking about still today, and give their lives for something that they didn't see and seen him coming back? They saw him. Thomas said, I, 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 I see you, but I just need to touch you. You might be a per, premonition or you might be a ghost or something. Let me touch you. But yet, most of them sacrifice themselves. How many of us are willing to be martyred? I'm not, it might come a time, I don't know. But I will tell you this, we don't even take the sacrifice right now. What are we going to do down the road? When somebody's sitting there crying and hurting, there's a lost life out there you need to reach. I don't want to fill the pews with just people that just want to listen to a good tickle on their ears. I don't want to just give you a great comedy relief time. I want to challenge you. Right. What? You're called. You're all called. Say, I'm called. 
to make a sacrifice. I'm called. We're all called to make a sacrifice. What does your heart overflowing with gratitude do? It sings praises and rejoices in Jesus our Savior. And as we kind of end, you can go ahead and start playing. We're just going to, I'm just going to challenge you, and we're going to pray, and it's a little different of a service, but I want you to think about and close your eyes. Everybody close your eyes. About the extravagant gesture of love and grace Jesus made that day. There's over 24 scriptures that reference singing and praising. Psalms 104 says, I will sing my song to the Lord as long as I live. Every day I will sing my praises to God. Psalms 149 verse 3 in the Passion Translation says, Break forth in dancing. Make music and sing God's praises with rhythms and drums. Psalms 147, sing out with song of thanksgiving to the Lord. Let's sing our praises with melody. In Ephesians, it says, and our hearts were overflowing with joyful song. You might not feel like you can sing a lick, and that's okay. But I want you to be challenged this week. Say this prayer with me. Jesus, come into my heart. Forgive me of my sins. Let me recognize you were the ultimate sacrifice. I want to live with you forever. I want to reach somebody like you reached me. Touch me, Lord. Let me sing praises this week. Let it not be just another Easter week, holy week. Let me praise your name. In Jesus' name, amen. God is faithful, but I want to challenge you. How many here sing really good? Really good. It's not about how you sing. Make a joyful noise. It didn't, it could be like, hallelujah. But I want to tell you, it says, dance and make a joyful noise unto the Lord all week long. I want you to be reminiscing, reminiscing Jesus, the sacrifice every day, the sacrifice he made for you on Calvary, because next week is not the day that we celebrate for resurrection. It's a day of our life and where it first began is today. Today begins eternity for somebody out there. Every day, every few minutes, somebody dies. Don't let it be somebody you know without Jesus. God is challenging you. Hosanna, 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 Hosanna. That's all you can say. Say glory, 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 glory. Let your kids think you're weird walking around going, hallelujah, hallelujah. My mom used to do it. Drove me nuts. Sing down, chariot, run, let me run. I'm just joking. You know what? God is fun. And you know what? He's, I'm challenging you. There was a sacredness I really felt to Palm Sunday that I never saw before. You know, we kind of bypass it. You know, Good Friday's the time we need to, 
celebrate. He gave his life. He sacrificed that day by getting on the donkey. He let everybody praise him that was going to kill him. Would you be friends with somebody that you knew down the road three days from now would kill you? Hey, I love you. Would you read, you know, he raised somebody from the dead. He processioned through. Now, Lazarus was not, he was, he did not crucify and participate in that action. But yet he was among those that did. I challenge you. I challenge you at the cross. But I challenge you to get on the donkey. Get on your donkey this week. Fulfill what God wants you to do. Don't get on a real donkey unless you really have to. But I'm challenging you to get on what God wants you to do. Amen. Wow. So next week, I mean, why we exist is because Jesus rose from the dead. That's why we do church. And so um, thank you for joining us today. You guys are awesome. You guys look great. Give yourself a hand. Come on now. And just a, just a couple pointers. We're at the end of the service now. Uh, I, I, I am going to Cuba, not this, this coming week, but the following week with our Cuban pastors that we get to minister. We have a Bible college out, out there. It's exciting. And, you know, there's about 70 to 80 pastors that come out, and, and they're running through our Bible college. It's an, uh, internationally accredited. And then Apostle Theo, which is my pastor, uh, is actually going to go out there with us, him and his wife, and we're going to do a three-day, like a, just a conference. So during the day, it'll be like classes for the students, and then at night, they're going to open up the venue, and there's about, it fits about 800 people. So they're going to open it up and just have people come in, and he's just going to minister to them. So it's really exciting. So be praying for that, and then we'll have the then finish off the, the Bible college after those three days. So just keep that in mind that we are doing that, that you are impacting Cuba. Isn't that awesome? And I, I believe that's just the start. You know, God just threw that in our lap. Um, if, you're, if you are new here, and if you notice, now we got all this calling the hub over there next door, which is pretty awesome. But we have an area just if you're new, you walk up there, you're going to get a free gift, and we're just going to get some simple information. And then we have the next station called next, next, uh, Your Next Step, Next Steps. And that is if you've been coming to the church for a while, you want to get involved, you want to sign up for a life group, you want to learn about our membership class, which is Growth Track, then we invite you to come over to the next step, and then someone will be there and talk with you and, and help you get funneled into the church uh, and, and get your gifts activated. So um, go ahead and just stand up. I want to remind you that we want to invite people to next week. So who are you going to invite? Huh? Who are you going to invite? Who are you going to bring that needs Jesus? And so this Saturday is that opportunity. At what time, Irene? I missed that. At 8 o'clock at night. No, I'm just kidding, in the morning. And uh, so make sure you, if you can come out and just wear your T-shirt, get a bunch of these cards and start passing them out and invite as many people as you can. Also, we do have some kids uh, in some, some rooms back here. If they belong to you, we kindly ask that you collect those kids right away. Uh, so let me just pray over you right now. Father, I am so thankful for this church. I am so thankful for everyone that is here today. There is gifts. There's callings inside this room in, in, in these individuals. And Father, I just put a demand on it in the name of Jesus, God, that everybody will walk out their purpose, that they'll find meaning in life because we're not meant just to float through life. We're meant to do something. And Father, I 
put a demand in the name of Jesus on the gifts of everyone that is here today. Father, I'm so thankful that the lost is coming, that burden for us to reach the lost, it, it just keeps increasing every day. What can I do to help, one, to help someone take a step closer to Christ? And Father, we thank you that next, next week's going to be incredible. We thank you for salvations, and we're so excited. In Jesus' precious name, everyone says, Amen. Amen. God bless you guys. Have a good afternoon.